podcast, well, that I've been involved in. I am joined by Pastor Bud Fancy, Pastor Jason Blakey, and Pastor Victoria Rowe. We're bringing the podcast back. And so I figured we would just start by talking about why we have a podcast in the first place. Why don't we start off there? Why was the podcast originally started? We really wanted to have another venue, another voice that we could speak out with. And and really a Sunday service isn't enough time to really talk about some of the stuff we really want to talk about at church. And so the podcast really is another avenue that we can start filling in some of the gaps of the things that we really want to say, whether it's addressing important topics going on um, that we don't have time to talk about on, in a Sunday or Saturday service. We also know that there are so many venues of people and ways that people now learn and interact that we want to be able to, to connect on the podcast level because uh, there's so many people that listen to podcasts nowadays and to not have that voice out there, to not have our voice in that media form, we're just missing a whole group of people that are now learning in that way. Just personally, I subscribe to a ton of different podcasts, both like church ones and some secular ones that I like to listen to when I'm driving. And also a lot of conversations, Jason kind of alluded to this, but some topics require a little bit more nuance um, in a more like kind of intimate setting to, to dialogue back and forth. And we think this is a really good avenue in which we can tackle some of these topics. And I know that you had originally posted some podcasts. What was reaction to those from people? Were they appreciative of having that option? I think by and large, the response was really, really positive. I have some friends who do podcasts regularly and they were like, yes, we've this is a brilliant idea, have tossed some ideas for topics for us to tackle. But a lot of people also in this area were new to podcasting and hadn't heard, what's a podcast? Like that was a question we got a lot. So we're able to kind of introduce them to this so that it's been largely positive. Yeah, we get to actually start creating culture in some ways, but we've also realized that our audience for podcast is well beyond Prescott. We're getting people from other communities, other churches jumping into our podcast and be able to uh, be part of our church in that way, be part of the greater kingdom in that way. And so we're, we're having a bigger and deeper impact than we thought we would with a podcast. It's a safe environment for a lot of people to explore their faith that maybe don't even want to walk into a church building and sit there. They get to hear it. And, and as they mentioned, it's often a little more in depth and they're able to process it and they're able to play it again and they're able to to benefit from it. It's what I do when I'm on a podcast, a lot of times I'm replaying certain parts of it because it really is a teaching moment. What is it that you hope people in the church will take away from each time something's posted? And what do you hope that people who aren't in the church will take away? I think there's a lot of things that people who have been churched for a long time or who have this like culture inundation of church, which we have in our immediate context here uh, in Presque Isle, a lot of church folks. And for me, I've experienced this as well. This almost like sense of shame or like, this is taboo. We can't talk about these things in the church. Or if I'm struggling with this idea, like I can't let anybody know it. But I think again, the podcast is an avenue that we can shed some light on these things and create a culture of like vulnerability. Like as pastors and, and leaders of of the church, we're talking about these things because it's, if we're, if we're having these like questions or doubts, surely other people are as well. And so I think it's a way that we can get out ahead and be vulnerable and lead the charge on some of these tough topics. Yeah. I would think that a lot of people almost would appreciate having that outlet 
because sometimes it almost feels like as someone who's been in the church, maybe I, I should already know this, or maybe I can't ask this question because everybody's going to look down on me. So this kind of becomes that opportunity for people, right? Totally. And I think it can lead to really intentional kingdom conversations outside of the church. And that I think is a huge win for us and for everyone. Meanwhile, the people who are outside of the church, what's kind of the hope that they will take away from the podcast? If someone from outside the church is listening to the podcast, they're probably going to see the church in a different light. We know that online is our new front door and a podcast goes into that too. So if someone really wants to see what our church is about, the topics we speak about on the podcast is going to be that initial impression they get of what a church is. And so, I mean, if they see us just sitting around condemning people all the time and telling people how bad they are, they're going to think that's the church. But if they really see us hitting the topics today, struggling like everyone else does, they're going to realize that's the church. It's made of a bunch of humans that are really trying to figure this out, just like everyone else. I do think that unsaved people, that becomes a safe venue for them in a lot of ways. And what I like about it, they're in a setting where they're, I mean, they can turn it off or they can keep it on. When they sit in chairs, they kind of feel like they don't want to get up and walk out in the middle of it. But they have that opportunity there. And there's something about them being in control of the setting and and being able to, you know, if I want to turn this off, I can turn it off. I actually think that makes some people more open that maybe are opposed. Even the topic we're talking about, but they say, well, I'm going to listen, see what they have to say and the Holy Spirit. It really allows the Holy Spirit almost to have a little extra time to work because they can turn it off and it gives them that inner reflection time. Yeah. All of the pastors have agreed to kind of have a part in the podcast, but what can people in the church do to support the podcast, to be a part of the podcast? How can they be present with it? Subscribe. Subscribe. (laughs) It's accessible right through however you listen to podcasts. I use the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, but subscribe if there's something that really like resonates with you or you think you know someone who would benefit from something that we're talking about, like send it to them, share it. This is the age of social media. And again, the more that we can have these conversations and introduce people to Jesus, it could be an interesting way to fulfill the Great Commission and make disciples. So that's a real like plug, but also a real opportunity that we have as the church to share the gospel a little bit more. Kind of jumping on with where Victoria is at, I'm thinking of the fact that there are people that I share with people that have no spiritual background, people that had a spiritual background and walked away from it. Some of the subjects that we may cover, I think it's an opportunity to say, why don't you listen to this podcast and identify where it is, where they can find it. It becomes a place where we can spread the right kind of information, the right kind of opinions they can listen to. And then it allows me to follow up with a lot more a sense of the fact that they don't They're not going to get blindsided. They'll have listened. They'll have some questions and we can address it. I think that has a lot of potential. And I could think of a couple of people right now I could use that with. Also, there's the avenue to disagree. Like if there's something that people don't necessarily agree with or have further questions, this provides an avenue to reach out to us as pastors and producers, Kelly, and hopefully break down some of the walls of division that are rampant in culture, but also in the churches, right? So I think this can be an avenue for us to practice peacemaking. And it also gives that that avenue, as Victoria said, like one of the best interactions we're going to see 
is questions coming from people. And, you know, our goal is to be able to have people actually submit questions and actually have an interaction time where we're dealing with real stuff that people actually want to hear about. I love preaching and I love being able to share the gospel. I love being able to have the application to it. But sometimes people need a little bit more than that. And they're going to have follow-up questions beyond what we've shared from the pulpit. And so there's no better application way than to be able to respond directly to questions that people are submitting on a weekly or daily basis, whatever whatever they tune into. Absolutely. And I would just like to say, as kind of the producer on this, we welcome any questions that we can get so that, that we can make sure that we're covering what people want to hear yeah don't be afraid to get spicy exactly you guys can handle it right (laughs) totally and kelly you can share to this too like you're taking over producing this podcast for us now why (laughs) i got involved with the podcast one night at 1 a.m when i was not sleeping and my brain was running wild i think sometimes god uses those moments when you're thinking about a hundred different things to actually put a, a reasonable idea in your head and you know for me it was just kind of this is an opportunity that i saw as the way that i could be involved in ministry at the church I do help out with the worship team, but I saw this as a, an additional place that I could pour some talents that God has been gracious enough to give to me. So I'm excited about all the different ways that we can share a lot about the Jesus we follow and the Bible and salvation through voices that people recognize here in Aristic County, faces that they can see if they head to framework. You know, it just gives that local touch. So that's part of what I get excited about is knowing that this is an opportunity for people to have kind of direct access to people who can get them the answers that will save them for eternity. This podcast is a really good example of what could be if people see what they're passionate about and what they're good at and apply that to the kingdom. Because like these things are things that we want to do as pastors. We just can't do everything. Right. And we don't, we're nor, nor are we gifted for everything. So if we want something done well, we need people that know how to do it, first of all. And then we need to rally those people together to create something that's good and not something that's just okay. You know, I think sometimes when when we look at things that are being done, sometimes the tendency is to be critical. Well, why aren't they doing that anymore? And for me personally, you know, my thought was not why aren't they doing this anymore? It was, I wonder why they're not doing this anymore. I bet it's because they don't have time. And maybe that's somewhere where I could help. And I think there's something that everybody in their mind goes, I wonder what would happen if this happened. And I think it's taking that extra step of saying, okay, not everybody else can do it. I'm the one who noticed it. Maybe I noticed it because God wants me to take it or at least bring it up or talk to someone about it. So I think that's kind of something that members of the church be listening for things that you notice and then just that kind of whisper that says well maybe I could help now what if um what if I I hear about the podcast it sounds great but you know I was having a conversation with someone recently and they said well I'm too old to listen to podcasts this isn't aimed for me what would you say to people who say well maybe this this isn't for me bud I was just going to say, this should be mine. (laughs) Yeah. uh, That's a good one for me to be able to talk to people about. I think some will not do the podcast stuff, but I actually think for a lot of our seniors, it's another, if you would, social outlet for them. 
once they get into the habit of it, particularly as winter comes in and they're not traveling out as much and getting out around, uh, they can hear familiar voices and they can hear us talk about things that would probably be very inspiring and encouraging for them. I think some of them are just nervous about anything that's new. New doesn't necessarily mean bad, though. And I think, you know, as you said, this can be a great outlet for people to get questions asked and answered that maybe they've had for years. Right. If you remember, though, I mean, YouTube came out and that was just for, you know, younger people. Then Facebook came out and that's just for younger people. And the next thing you know, it's full of all the grandmas and grandpas. And they're almost using it more than the younger generation. The younger generations moved on from Facebook and now it's basically owned by the older generation. (laughs) So uh, something like podcast, you know, is is in that same boat. It's another learning tool that people can have another avenue and so it's available for anybody to use and it's really just as easy as pressing play now that most people are getting smartphones or some other device how to listen to it it's readily available what i would say for people that aren't yet listening to podcasts you're missing a source of learning and education that you could have in your spiritual growth and so i would definitely encourage people to find a way to listen to it whether it's on a computer or whether it's on a smartphone if you ask anybody around that has a smartphone, they probably know how to access some sort of uh, podcast in some way, shape or form. And if not, feel free to call the church. We'll get you hooked up and, and teach you how to do that. Yeah. And where can they find this podcast? Right now, the easiest way to listen to it is if they go to www.framework.church media. And right there, there's a podcast section. They can click on it and they can actually listen to the podcast right off of our website. Perfect. Nice and easy. And we've mentioned topics like quite a bit. What kind of topics do you anticipate are going to be covered? Obviously, we won't get an exhaustive list, but what kind of topics are we looking at with this podcast? I think sky's the limit when we're talking about a podcast like this. The beauty of it, like I I can see us talking about whether sometimes mental health we could talk about, but we're going to be talking about spiritual things, biblical ideas, maybe evangelical tools, principles. Even just social stuff as it appears, we're talking about, we want to be able to deal with the relevant stuff as it's actually happening and be able to answer some of those questions and some of the cultural dilemmas that are happening in real time. And so we want to deal with that all. I don't think anything's off the table. So whatever you want to talk about, we're willing to talk about it. Things like 9-11 and so on and so forth, just things that are happening in our world that are that are really shaking people, but to be able to weigh in, at least from a biblical viewpoint, how do we handle this stuff? You know, what do we do? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this isn't the only outreach that the church does. I mean, this is one avenue that, you know, is kind of relaunching, but what are some other outreach ministry opportunities that the church is doing right now? We're actually in a reforming stage of what local outreach looks like in the church. For instance, the mission's board has a whole local side that we're developing now and that's going to be partnering with certain organizations around but we've actually changed our budget structure so that 50 percent of our missions budget will actually end up being local missions outreach ways hub coffee of course is being developed and the profit of hub coffee is going to be going back into the community in different ways and that's on top of the local outreach so how we partner with people is changing and what we're currently doing right now is changing But some of what we're doing right now is just encouraging people to get into the community and try to partner with them to figure out how we can be part of their journey into the community. But that's definitely in a building phase. Yeah. And on a real recent level, like COVID obviously changed a lot of things for us. We had to make some pivots. 
early on um, and our, our local board here at the church in a huge vote of confidence and out of a heart to be able to reach more people, we did a complete overhaul of our video and audio system here. And so now we're live streaming our services. And I know that that reaches people locally at a national level. We've had people who tune in consistently from Canada and other countries. So we're able to reach a broader audience of people. And that, that's been a huge, real simple way. If you don't have a church that you're tuning into, you can worship with us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. We live stream from our Facebook page, from our YouTube page. You can get that from the website as well. Or Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We'd love to have you join us for worship virtually. Obviously, COVID, not looking at a lot of positives from it. Well, one nice thing is that it has opened up a lot more the world of online than it ever did before, allowing the church to really get that gospel Absolutely. Knowing that there was this like global thing affecting us, global suffering in a sense, like there's a sense of empathy and compassion, but also unity that comes from that. It's really challenged us as as pastors at the church to reframe how we share information, how we're structuring our weekend services. And I think there's been a lot of really good lessons that we've learned, hard ones, but good ones through this past 18 months. Two of the things that are coming up that are always big in our fall slate are what we call Big Top Bash and uh, Carol McKenna Thanksgiving. This year, Big Top effort will be similar to what we did last year because of the uh, increased COVID issues in this new Delta variant. We don't feel we could do something inside. We normally have upwards of a thousand people come through the building on that night, but we're going to do a drive-through out in our yard, which we did last year. It was really well received. I think the people that were doing it out in the yard had more fun than the people that were driving through. But we're collecting gobs and gobs, pounds and pounds and pounds of candy that we want to give out to the kids and other things just to make them feel loved and appreciated. So we encourage people, keep your eyes open and you'll have a chance to be a part of that. And then we have uh, Carol McKenna. Thanksgiving, which was begun by a man named Carol McKenna, and we have carried it on. And last year, we fed, I think, well over 400 meals in the community. And actually, uh, this past year, United Baptist Church in Caribou partnered with us and helped to carry some of that forward. But we look forward again this year to serving just as many people as we possibly can in it. It's a bright spot for everybody that participates at the church and preparing them. And it's amazing what it means to people to have a meal and a smile and often a prayer with them on Thanksgiving as we deliver meals. And so anybody listening that would like to have meals brought to their home on that day, they just need to call into the church and we'll put them on the list and we'll get it done. Why is it so important for the church to leave the four walls, get into the community. Why do this? Why put the effort? Jesus says that we're supposed to be the light of the world. I just keep thinking about that statement. You can't be a light if you're locked in the closet, right? You can you can light up the closet, but it's not going to have anything to do with the outside of the room. And so if we don't get out into the community, even if it's to do a 3K walk run, if it's just to do any run, walk, if it's to to just be with people, whether it's play sports or do something with people that are not Christians, then that light's just going to stay locked in. We, we need to be out of the walls of the church. If you're helping out at Martha and Mary's, if you're down at the homeless shelter, you know, you're being light directly to people, 
And that's helpful. But even if you're in your workplace and you're just being intentional about being the light of Christ, that's sharing the light, right? If we just hide it inside our hearts until we walk into the church and then all of a sudden be Christians again, that is not what Jesus intended. He doesn't really want you to think just about yourself. He really wants us to be the light, not for us, but for anybody around us. And that's how we share Jesus. But the reality is most of the people who walk into our church come into our church because in some way, someone has reached out to them, whether it's some event that we did or whether it's someone you work with or whether it's the people at the gym where you work out you have a conversation that creates an interest and then they show up. Most people that are not Christians rarely just decide we're going to go check out the church unless there's been something that they've seen outside of the four walls that draws them in. That's right. That's why when Jesus sent the 12 um, or he sent the 72, both times the instructions were to, wasn't just to share the message, right? It was to heal, to cast out demons. It was actually meeting the needs of the people around them, actually being involved in their lives without uh, just the message. But the message came with it. If you enter the community and you don't meet the needs, you're just sharing a message, you end up hitting a brick wall. No one's going to want to listen. But if you just meet the needs and you're not sharing the message, it's also pointless. You're sharing love without the person that creates the love, right? So there's a balance there of meeting needs and sharing the message. And like when it reaches the two together, that's when you see people start getting transformed and curious because only when you're doing both do people actually want to know Jesus. It doesn't really matter who you are in the community or what your need is. The needs are different levels, not always physical. People need Jesus, but they also need to know love from humans as well. And that's where we need to be involved in their lives. Well, and if you look at Jesus, he went, he went to people, he went out into the community. Right. And before he ascended like to heaven, the last commission that he gave his disciples, and I think it extends to us today, was an action word, right? Like to go and make disciples. And Jason referenced earlier when Jesus sent out the 72. Later in that passage, it also says that they returned to him filled with great joy. I think that there's this correlation between getting out and being the hands and feet of Jesus and just really practically actually loving your neighbors that's directly related to joy. And I think there is another pandemic that's rampant in culture and in the church, right? Like a lack of joy. And so maybe a really easy way to get a little dose of the joy of the Lord is to go out and love your community well. It is interesting that often those who you see with the most joy are those who are most involved in other people's lives. The truth of the matter is that is every time. People who are not involved in others' lives are pretty pretty miserable, pretty empty. We had a young lady in church on Saturday night who posted on Facebook, anybody wants to go to church with me next Saturday at 6 o'clock, you can catch a ride with me. And it was her first time in. But she wasn't there because she said, a framework church, I think that's a cool place. I think I'll go. She was there because someone from our church talked to her and said, I think this would be good for you. This is what you're looking for. And so she actually came in with arms open. It was totally different reaction than if she come kind of cold turkey. And the cool part about that, when they came back with joy, Jesus then prayed at that point, the devil got destroyed, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, if you want to be a combatant, it's not just about your own personal growth. It's going out there and sharing the gospel. And God will honor that whichever way we do it, right? As long as we're intentional and we do it for his glory, not for our own. And so that's why it's really important to be part of 
local missions in any way, shape, or form, even if it's just an activity. Some of the most impactful people I see in our community and in our church are those who are just part of the community. Yeah. And I get blown away by going to lunch with someone and all this, the person I'm having dinner with, that the waiters come up and the waitresses and they know the person's name. They're joking about their families together. And I've realized that, that person has transformed the other person's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the and ministry so- of presence is huge. Plus, it's like with diet and exercise go in balance. Like if you are constantly mm-hmm. eating food, you will increase. <laughs> you've, got, <laughs> you've got to work it out, right? So um, I think expending what you're taking in also correlates like to the weekend for sure. Like the things that we are receiving from the Holy spirit on the weekends are meant to be worked out practically throughout the week in our community, to our families, to our coworkers, to our friends at the gym. Nobody does that better than bud fancy, but right. (laughs) It's gold. There's others better than me, but you know, one thing I was just thinking here is true. Truth of the matter is if I eat all the time and I don't exercise, I get indigestion. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of Christians that have spiritual indigestion. They come, they hear all kinds of stuff about, here's how you share the plan of salvation. This is what you're supposed to love your neighbor, but they don't go out and do it. Mm-hmm. And in, in literally spiritually, they just, there's no freedom. Uh, there's just guilt, discouragement because they're not a light. And the people that go out there and share it, ooh, what a difference. We got a guy, Richard Henderson, that came to Jesus, and he still constantly is walking up to people on the street, shaking their hand and say, I want to forgive you for how I treated you for years. I know Jesus now, and I'm sorry. I love the song where it says, you know, I know I'm filled to be emptied again, right? I'm I'm filled so that I can share that with other people. All right, to wrap this up, how can people get involved? How can they help? The first step would be just to talk. We don't really, like, one of the things we need to know about people is what are they interested in? What can they do? And we really find those things. We're able to partner with them and network them to things that are going around. We would love just to meet with someone if they're interested um, in any aspect and get to know who they are. And as we hear their hearts and as we hear their passions and find out their giftings, we'll be able to say, you know what's going on right now? This is what's going on. Or get them connected with someone who can direct them in the right way. We have a church that has a lot of networkers in there and uh, we just want to be able to connect them together.